Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, sports fans, to another edition of... No, dude! That, that does not fit. What do you want to do? Let's party! It's Ducks Game News. On 1080 The Fan, this is the Sinner and the Saint Tailgate, presented by Buster's Barbecue. Buster's dry-rubbed, slow-smoked meats are so tender and tasty, they'll bring out the Texan in you. For real deal barbecue, check out bustersbarbecue.com. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show. With Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan, the radio.com app, and 1080TheFan.com. Hey, hey, hey! Happy Saturday morning. It's the off week. It's uh, Pro Bowl. Excited? Pro Bowl! Maybe it's off week for you, but let me tell you something. I get really serious about the Pro Bowl. Senior Bowl! Super serious. Is it the Senior Bowl or is it the Senior Game? The, the what? The Senior Bowl. Oh, see, I am so locked in on the Pro Bowl, I oh, don't yeah. even know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, the college uh, kids are out playing one more college football game that nobody really cares about and everybody's trying not to get hurt in. But they want to showcase their skills. You tell me when they start playing in the pros in the Pro Bowl. I care about the Pro Bowl. You know who's starting in the Pro Bowl for no, the NFC? I haven't a clue. I actually don't either. I do, I do not know any of the people at the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl has turned I, I see, into I a see complete joke. It always was a joke. I, what? Really? Eh, no, I guess that's not true. It has been a joke for a while. That is probably a fair statement. They played like... What was it? Jerry Rice versus Deion Sanders or something a few years ago. They don't know if it's AFC, NFC. It, it It's not just the Pro Bowl. All all-star games have been kind of pushed to the side, but no more so than the Pro Bowl. I would argue the NBA has done a very good job at retaining some viewers for their all-star weekend because they've turned it into... A weekend. A weekend, yeah. yeah. They say, hey, there's skills challenges. Yeah. Nobody's going to get hurt. They actually start being competitive with about five minutes left in the game. Yeah. Um, the Pro Bowl, to me, lost its swag after I think, like, I want to say 09. And it was very specifically Adrian Peterson who went out and, like, took it seriously <laughs> when everybody else was like, dude, what are you doing? He ran for something like over 200 <laughs> yards. And then I think after that, everybody was like, okay, this guy is the reason we don't try hard. Yeah. No one get hurt. Yeah. Stop it. 
Yeah, well, listen, Pro Bowl is this weekend. If you're watching it, congratulations. Um, but we do have uh, one more week until the Super Bowl. What you going to do for the Super Bowl? Uh, we're hosting. My wife is a 49ers fan, so uh, as soon as they made it, uh, we knew where the game was going to be played. We uh, have coasted a few football games this year, and we've done a nacho bar. We've done a taco bar. And we're like, well, we don't want to do the same thing we did for the other games. It's a lot of Mexican food. Tacho bar doing tater tots. Oh yeah. Tater tots is your base. And then you can go a little bit more, uh, you know, pulled pork on the tachos, go, uh, cheese. Uh, what, what else did we decide on mm. bacon? Mm-hmm. Good addition to tachos. Mm. Not something you're going to add on nachos, mm. but on tachos, you can go with it. I think you could add bacon on nachos. Can you, you could, but I think it's a better fit with the tachos now. And I'm getting drunk. How many, Porta potties are you going to order? Because this is, uh, I mean, considering how many people you're going to have, I'm guessing there's going to be what, 15 people there? Is that uh, about right? Probably be somewhere between 15 and 20. 15 I, and 20 people. Uh, seven, six, six kids probably. But you got you got two bathrooms? Three. You got three bathrooms? Three. Still not enough. You, you're going to yeah. need a porta potty. No, I think we're okay. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're going to have a tacho bar with little kids and beer. Yeah, we're not having the tacho bar the day before. Well, no, it's going to be the day of. Mm, it's no. What time's the Super Bowl? It's like two or three. Yeah, like three thirty. So you uh, people are probably going to wake up, right? They're going to have themselves maybe a light breakfast, but definitely load up on the caffeine because it's a Sunday. Why not, right? I suppose. Going to load up on the coffee. Sure. Come over to your house, then load up on fried potatoes, cheese. No, no, no. Cream. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going bacon, bake. beer. Uh, we're baking the we're baking the tots. At least dig a hole in the back. Oh, yeah, people would dig their own holes, cover it up. It'll be fine. I'll give you the shovel. What are you doing for the Super Bowl? You watch it by yourself with a nice piece of fish, don't you? Mm, I wish. It's just you and a nice little, uh, like, braised tilapia or something. Oh, sounds incredible. Yeah. And a little side salad. Yeah. Get some uh, lentils. There you go. Mm. A little quinoa. Yeah, a little quinoa. Maybe get some uh, vegan cookies on the side Ooh. if I really want to, really want to, really, really, really want to. Branch out. Yeah. Go nuts. So, 55305, fan text line. Which party do you want to go to? Anyways. So, we don't really have anything to talk about. Which party do you want to go to? Yeah, your your little fish fry or Between yours and mine. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well done. So, not much to talk about specifically for this weekend, but luckily we have uh, big-time retirement in the NFL. Guy's done. Larry Fitz? No. Oh. Uh, Tom Brady? No, not yet. He's still oh. going to play. Robert Kraft insists that he will not let him play in another uniform. Ray we Rice? Will, we will take care of this. Well, Antonio Brown, not really retired, but not going the right direction. Oh, he'll get hired again. <sighs> yeah, of course he will. Of course are he you will. Are serious? Uh, the Browns are still out there, right? They need another wide receiver. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He can still run routes, right? He's still really fast. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. At what point do you slow down? How many times do you have to go to jail before you slow down? I think he's. Safe. I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, he took some time off, then played for the Patriots and looked fine. So I mean, did I know he actually were... take time off though, or did he like um, ruin his feet and then get kicked off the Raiders? I mean, he's still practicing. Well, that was on frostbitten feet. That's what I'm saying. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah, exactly. So, <sighs> okay, so who who retired then? Because I'm kind of out of the loop here. Eli. Oh, you said like a big time retirement. Yeah, big time retirement. Could be in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. 
Oh, the Hall of Fame crew, bro? Don't get me started on that. Don't even. Don't. 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 Don't get me started. Consider yourself started. I am so tired of hearing it. <laughs> Eli in the Hall of Fame. I hear so many people come up to me tell me he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Wait. Everyone. Wait, who said that? Literally everybody. Name one person that said he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. That guy. See, that's how the argument has been this past week for a lot of people in the media. Everybody's there. saying this guy doesn't deserve yeah. it. Oh, who? I, I think who? everyone is pretty much like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's one of those Hall but, of Fame picks. Played enough years, won enough games. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a conciliatory Hall of Fame pick because you just kind of go, okay, he's got the resume, whatever. Yeah, there's like, what, 12 quarterbacks that have multiple yes. Super Bowls. He's one of them. Played 16 years. At one point had the record for the longest you know, starting streak. He, yeah, put him in. Whatever. I mean, you write the, you write the history of football. He's a, he gets a sentence. Cool. I mean, I don't want to like get into the, uh, Marino hating thing, but like, I Uh, guess you do. You love hating Marino. I think that's harder to explain than Eli. What the hall of fame for it kind of is because he's just kind of a stat patter. I mean, really, (sighs) if we're going to let him in, then okay. Phillip rivers, you're next, right? Yeah, I'd put Philip Rivers in the Hall of Fame. Really? Yeah. <sighs> okay, here's my, here's my question on the Hall of Fame debate. Who does it hurt? Who does it hurt? That Oh, yeah, he was the best Chargers quarterback ever. Cool. All right. He was a little was better. He? Than him and Dan Fouts. I'd throw Dan Fouts ahead of him. Fine. He was the second best Chargers quarterback ever. Okay, cool. I mean, Dan Fouts never won a Super Bowl. He was good for a long time, but he's a duck, so maybe, yeah, okay, he, he's the best quarterback in San Diego history. Well, yeah, because Phil Rivers had to play those two years in L.A. Whatever. Who cares? Put him in the Hall of Fame. Who does it hurt? Me. <laughs> I mean, you really? Oh, oh, dirt and Sprague. Don't think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. This is from the fan text line. I did not hear that. So there are two guys. Dirt and Sprague don't think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Why not? Like, who is bothered by that? That's like the 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 debate about Pete Rose that, that always gets me. It's like, put him in and then write the story about how he's a scummy cheater. Yeah, this guy's great at baseball. By the way, dirtbag, you control the narrative. The, the thing is, we've turned the Hall of Fame into this mystical portal. It's a building in Canton, Ohio. You can go and you can walk through, and you get to the part where it's the Chargers. Are you going to leave Philip Rivers bust out of it? It's like, who was the greatest Charger of all time? Cool. Antonio there's Gates. Ladanium Tomlinson. There's Antonio Gates. There's Philip Rivers. There's Dan Fouts. You forgot cool. about Junior Seau. Yeah, Junior Seau. I, there you go. But I'm not mad about any of that. Like, like, there's no room for six guys from the Chargers in the building. Dirt is also the same person when I tried to say that I think Drew Brees had a better career than Dan Marino. He was, like, absolutely, like, taken aback. He was like, are you serious? Like, what are you even talking? Like, he he made it sound like I was speaking Chinese to him and he couldn't understand anything. And I go, what is your obsession with Dan Marino? You understand that, like, he had all of these incredible stats, but he couldn't win games, right? Like, that's not a good sign. He's pretty much... Matt Stafford. He won a lot of games. Let's see how many games Dan Marino. Dude, he's Matt Stafford. He's been on the same team forever. Matt Stafford had been to a Super Bowl. Now, people keep forgetting about him as time goes on. And I feel like that was the case with Marino. As time continued to go on, people were just like, that guy's not going to make it. 
The only reason people remember Philip Rivers is because he's has like 40 kids. Yeah. And he's gotten to the point now where he can't throw accurately past five yards. Like, sure. that's funny. He probably should have retired a few years ago, but he, he won a lot of football games. So Dan Marino's record as a quarterback, 147 wins, 93 losses. You know what I'll say about Dan Marino? Yeah, what's that? He never tied a game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, good job, Dan. Love that. Well, but here's the thing. Why are you mad at Dan Marino? Because screw him. That's why. <laughs> that's a dumb, like, being mad at Phillip Rivers for being good for a long time. Or like, ah, that guy, he wasn't good enough to be in the hall. Cool, man. What's your cutoff? I think it's more to the point it's that. Just, it, but, oh, but here's what you're arguing about. Okay. You're arguing about where your cutoff is. Mm. You're not arguing about whether or not Phil Bruce. Yeah, he's good, but not Hall of Fame good. Cool, man. Sweet. Tell me more about your cutoff line. That's the argument. To me, I think it makes me kind of mad because I'm like, you're legitimizing a career that honestly wasn't that great. It was good. 123 and 101 for his career win. So he's so Dan Marino better than Philip Rivers. Yes. Oh, okay, sure. Again, whatever. Just, it's one A, one B. That's okay. I, I, I just, to me, I think that people put these kind of dudes up on a pedestal, and I think it legitimizes a career that honestly, you start to kind of have like a, a, a what is it, like a, a snowball effect in terms of you can just kind of crown everybody a Hall of Famer. Like, like, are, this, what, isn't, are we this in, isn't everybody. We're are not we playing? in the most extended period of the golden age of the NFL right now? Because I feel like we just kind of crown everybody. Yeah, Mahomes. But, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Listen, Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers. Hall of Famer. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. Drew Brees. Hall of Famer. Yes. Matt Stafford. Ben Roethlisberger. Hall of Famer. Eli Manning. Hall of Famer. Matt Stafford. No. Might. Yeah. Might. Well, why not? He'll see what he does the rest of his career. But Sure. He'll just be like Marino. He'll keep padding them. But the difference between the Pat Mahomes argument for the Hall of Fame and the Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger argument, those guys are at the end of their career. Mm. Right? I mean, what, two more years? Ops for any of those dudes. Eli's done. Ro these guys are all in the same draft class, right? Eli, Roethlisberger, and Phillip Rivers. Same draft class. Donovan McNabb, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Why not? Went to four straight NFC Championship games at a Super Bowl. He was an outstanding quarterback. You go back and you watch the film that goes, all right, here's all the cool things that happen in the NFL. There's a blurb about Donovan McNabb. Put him in there. When you walk through the Hall of Fame, you go, oh, yeah, that dude was really good in the early 2000s. Cool. Who does it hurt? Tony Romo, Hall of Famer. Oh, that's a tough one. Oh. You wouldn't put Tony Romo in? You'd be mad if he was in? That, this is the slippery slip that, I'm talking about. What's the slip? Oh, Josh McCown in. No. Okay. Next. No, but it's every, like, starting quarterback. No, ever. it's every. No. Alex it's Smith. No. Really? Yeah. Huh. Alex Smith was benched the year that his team went to the Super Bowl. He was ended up playing on three Joe different Montana teams. was benched for Steve Young. Then he, he had to go to Kansas City. Yeah, after he won four Super Bowls. Tony Romo, <laughs> Tony Romo, I'd have to look how many years he played. But it's not every starting quarterback. It's people that started for their team for 16 years like Phillip Rivers and Eli Manning did. Those guys you go and have the conversation. Bo Jackson was one of the greatest football players that we ever saw. But he played half of like three seasons it's not a hall of famer he didn't play long enough i think romo would be benefited too by two things one he was on tv and i think yep. that kind of it adds to his legacy because he's technically still in football right yeah you're one of the big broadcasters sure. 
Uh, two, you were the Cowboys starting quarterback. It, so here's the thing. If, if he doesn't get into the Hall of Fame as a player and he does what he's doing right now on CBS for 15 years, yeah. he'll go in as a broadcaster. Mm. That'd you be know? weird. Wouldn't it? Yeah. But it's it's definitely a possibility. He's very, very good at what he does right now. So See, if you're in your, like, 30s or you're approaching your 40s, I think, like, it's getting to a point now where, like, there's some strange things that are making you feel older happening all at once. Eli retiring, uh, Tom Brady thinking about retiring, yeah. the idea that what you just said, like, hey, Tony Romo might actually go in as a broadcaster. You're like, uh, no, I remember him <laughs> fumbling a snap on the two-yard line. Well, here, here's the funny thing about Eli retiring. This is This is now a career that... I watched my entire adult life. I watched him come in as a rookie. I watched him play for 16 years. Dan Marino, I watched as a kid, and I remember watching the end of his career when I was in high school. But you're a few years younger than I am. It's 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 just these are the contemporaries, right? These are the guys that we had a chance to watch them play every snap if we wanted to. Mm. And they were, in my adult life, these guys were the starting quarterbacks. So I look at it and go, yeah, Philip Rivers was always there. I remember more than once watching the end of a game going, Damn it, Phil Rivers is going to pull this off. I was at a game in Seattle where he did it against the Seahawks. And I got that son of a bitch. Hard dude to stop. He was a very good football player for a very long time. That's a threshold for me for the Hall of Fame. Fine. All right. I, I just, let's stop talking about it because it's making me so angry. <laughs> My blood pressure is through the roof. What do you want to talk about the Super Bowl? Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Can we talk about Antonio Brown, too? We definitely will talk about Antonio Brown. But the games came out uh, kind of as I expected last week, which uh, hopefully means we set up for a fantastic Super Bowl. Uh, it's a matchup I wanted. We'll talk about it uh, a little bit next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Who do you think has more wins? Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, or Tony Romo? Ooh. I'm going to throw Vick out. Okay. Wins. I'm gonna go McNabb. Yeah, it's by a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ninety-eight, sixty-two, and one. And remember when he tied? Prime. He didn't really win. Yeah. Like well, he kind of barely got to the playoffs every time. Well, and McNabb. Remember he tied that one game. He's like, I didn't even know you could tie. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, McNabb though, or uh, Michael Vick played 143 games, 61, 51, and one. Is he all of famer? Vic? Yeah. Eh, you'd have a to lot make of it a hard was, argument. Yeah, a lot of it was in uh, post-prison. Um, I mean, it was. He played a lot more games than I thought he did uh, after he went to jail for the dogfighting thing. Just bring that up. That, that might, whole thing? That might hold him out of the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, That's and not going to hold him out. The Tony Romo uh, line reads 78 wins, 49 losses, and 156 games. The fan text line says he's the most statistically accomplished quarterback for the Cowboys. Different eras, bro. Different eras. <laughs> uh, all right. Last weekend, we had the AFC-NFC championship games, and I know that you were really pulling to see Aaron Rodgers versus Pat Mahomes, but this was a matchup that I wanted to see. Uh, those are kind of two games that went as I expected and kind of beat downs chiefs uh, didn't have much trouble uh, after a slow start, which they've pretty much done this playoff uh, run. So they had very little trouble for some reason. The Titans decided not to run Derrick Henry after the first quarter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you're a meathead. (laughs) And then uh, people finally saw Mike Vrabel, the meathead, (laughs) which was like, 
all right, you're going to stop the run? Well, screw you. I'll throw the ball. Yeah, that was dumb. Yeah. That, uh, that's why, like, everybody everybody got this hysteria about him beating Belichick. Yeah. And it was like, no, just Rabel got him on a bad day. Like, if that was Belichick and that was his team, Belichick would figure out some gadget play to get Henry, like, open yeah. space and then keep kind of going back to it. Well, he only ran the ball, like, three times in the third quarter. I was just like, what are you doing? Come on. Uh, but the Chiefs are a uh, offensive juggernaut. I mean, they're awesome to watch. That that offense is so much fun. Pat Mahomes is so damn good at football. Uh, treasure. He's a tre- he's he's going to the Hall of Fame. And they are going to lose the Super Bowl. The 49ers are mean, aren't they? Aaron Rodgers. The last time that they, the Packers and the Niners met in the regular season, was pressured and sacked. I think it was something like twelve times. Yep. Something insane. This game, twice. Yeah. That's it. He was sacked twice. Uh, and they ruined him that bad. <laughs> the 49ers are going to be a really good case study in being able to beat a quali- a string of quality teams in a row, win a Super Bowl without a great quarterback. I said this on Twitter, I want to say a week ago, and somebody uh, retorted back with like, oh, I guess we're going to forget about Trent Dilfer and uh, the Ravens and everything. Well, when you beat Kerry Collins, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that really counts. Yeah, what was that run like? Let me pull up and see. It was one of the most statistically awful performances by a quarterback in Super Bowl history. Yeah. Like, it was terrible. So I don't really count that one because I just kind of consider it the Ravens getting lucky playing a crappy team in the Super Bowl. If the 49ers are able to stifle the offense of Patrick Mahomes. Well, it's like it's, uh, it's going to be something of history. Well, but also the the point that you're trying to make is that the the teams that the 49ers are beating are good teams. They're great if teams. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, they beat the Texans, the Titans, and then they'll beat a very good 49ers team. But there's a big difference between the path that they that they had to go to. Is that what you're saying? I, I would just and again, I'm kind of comparing back to the Niners and the Ravens in 2000 because this is one of the only times that we've ever seen a defense really carry a Super Bowl team. I think a lot of people still put uh, a lot of the onus for the Ravens 2013 Super Bowl on Joe Flacco because he did play incredibly well. Um, it's just that he sucked after that for some reason. <laughs> well, because um, he got paid all that money. But I can't think of another time when the defense was so insurmountably good. Maybe Seattle against Denver. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, the quarterback ended up being really good. Yeah. In this case, I guess we don't know what we have in Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, that's, I, I that's think it's what very think. weird that Jimmy Garoppolo's first season when he came to San Francisco and had that six-game stretch, he looked like a world beater. For some reason, he tore his ACL, and now he just kind of looks like Trent Dilfer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate to say that, but, like, he does. He looks like a game manager. He looks like Alex Smith-White. Yeah, but isn't that part of the the beauty of what the 49ers are doing? Is Did you see Raheem Moster coming out and running for 200 yards? Dude, couldn't have called it. He ran right at the Smith brothers. We talked about Zadarius and Preston Smith and how mean they have been as a duo of pass rushers. And Kyle Shanahan goes, cool, we'll run it right at you guys. We're going to run the ball at one of those two guys on every play. And if you're going to try to pass rush, just good luck. And that's the thing where you go, you look at, I mean, what did at some point in the third quarter, 
I think um, Garoppolo had thrown six passes. <laughs> so that's not his fault. You can't no. you can't have a great passing performance when you throw the ball six times. But if you're if you're you know a guy that grew up in the Patriots way, happy being the backup in New England, mm-hmm. he has two rings from playing in that system and or not playing in that system, and then he goes and plays for Shanahan, and Shanahan goes, listen, I, I'm going to use you if I need you, but I don't. The game plan's not to use you. If he's okay with that, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to have his third Super Bowl ring if he doesn't need to go out there and do much. And and what's the best way to develop a quarterback in the NFL? Have a great defense, have a run game, have a great coach. I think what I would just kind of question is how long and how sustainable is this for the 49ers going forward? I, I think you'll get your answer next Sunday because if they can do this again, against the Chiefs, whose defense, uh, you know, for the most part, kind of sucked in the beginning of the year, came on late, and has been playing better. Yeah. If they can do this again, then it's almost the same theory with the Titans, is that, oh, well, they can just run the ball and do whatever they want until they can't. Uh, so, you know, the Niners are hitting an incredibly great time in their franchise. They don't have to pay their defensive line right now, mm-hmm. and they won't even have to in another year. Yep. Uh, they don't really have that expensive of weapons around them. And their offensive line is so good that they can just kind of stick any running back they want back there. I think their best running back is Matt Breida. Well, sure. I think. Well, they have uh, Jarek McKinnon who has not played. Yes. That's a guy they went out and got who was very good in Minnesota, but hasn't played as a 49er. And so you you have monster who was a practice squad guy Mm. in where was he? New England or something? Mm-hmm. And then they brought him over and he's almost cut because he couldn't stop fumbling the ball. And Kyle Shanahan put his arm around him. They told the story in, in both playoff games that that, uh, that I watched. Put his arm around him and goes, hey, listen, we think that you've got potential. We're just going to kind of hang out. This is what we want to do. He got into special teams, got him on the roster. And then here you go. Have one of the greatest playoff rushing games we've ever seen. Also helps to have probably the most versatile, best tight end in the league right yeah. now. And then also have an incredible fullback who I, I think it's completely undersung how Kyle Juszczyk has changed that uh, offense. Yeah. He's a threat out of the backfield and he knows how to uh, set an edge when it comes to that zone outside running game. There were so many plays during that Green Bay game where he got right around the edge from a linebacker that was trying to play zone and just cut him off, created this lane. So, I mean, everything's hitting on all cylinders right now. It's just that moment where you kind of have to go. And this is the same thing with the Seahawks, right? In the early 2010s. Yep is that, hey, everything's working right now in terms of pay and money, but when it doesn't, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be able to kind of pick up the pieces and lead this franchise? Because they paid him all that money. They've committed to him Mm -hmm. for, what, what is it now, four or five years? Yeah, I think it's a four-year. So it'll be interesting. If they can win this way in the Super Bowl, that is going to be some amazing stuff. Well, the other thing, too, is I think you have to give a ton of credit to the coaching staff Mm. and and Kyle Shanahan, because here's the thing. You mentioned how good George Kittle is. If you throw the ball six times and you have a tight end who is expected to be your primary target in the passing game, and that guy is demanding the ball and and throwing tantrums, um, Jimmy Graham, um, then you have a whole different scenario. The guys playing in these pivotal roles for the 49ers don't care if they get the ball. They don't care if they get the credit. Nobody's out there fighting over it. They want to win as a team. So the question is, in three years or whatever it is after whatever run that they have, do you have an article like you had about the Seahawks where it's like, dude, this, this team is, it's breaking apart from the inside. The Legion of boom thinks the quarterback gets too much credit and everybody's pointing fingers. One of the things about climbing the mountain is 
is once you get there, staying on top is a lot harder. They're in the Super Bowl this year. Win or lose, it's going to be a lot harder to get back there again. And if they lose the Super Bowl, then you look at it and you go, all right, what's happened to previous losers of the Super Bowl? They don't make it back to the playoffs a lot of time. I think it's six out of the last nine years the losing team has not even made it to the playoffs. So who knows? Uh, Look, I think they'll be okay just as long as Russell Wilson's not on that team. <laughs> You're saying the 49ers? Yeah. Who had who had uh, Richard Sherman going back to a Super Bowl before Russell Wilson? Mm. When he signed that deal, remember, people killed him. I would like to think that everybody gets along with Jimmy. Seems like a pretty easy guy to get along with. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he knows what's up, and he knows well, he's who getting really... Paid. He's getting paid. He doesn't have to throw the ball. Well, and he knows who carries... <laughs> that type of energy in the locker room and on the field. And he just kind of like, he kind of, I don't want to say bows to it, but just kind of like uh, passes it off. You know what I mean? Like Russell Wilson is really trying to force this weird, (laughs) like disgustingly positive energy on that team. We could not get through a football segment without you hating Russell Wilson. Dude, the mic'd up Monday night (laughs) was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever watched in my life, especially when they did the touchdown dance. And he tried to kind of get in on it. Yeah. And then he just, after a while, kind of gave up. And then when they were done, he like came by and started doing his, you know, barf, his barf bag statements. That's right, baby. More effort, more time. Yeah. But he's saying that everybody's only hearing it once on the sideline. You hear it 95 times when you listen to mic'd up. That's pretty poor production work. Too. That's right. Yeah. We keep going. All right. Play it, strong. Finish the play out. All right. 49ers uh, Chiefs my wife. having a great week, but uh, Antonio Brown not having a great week. I know you would like to talk about that young man. So we'll do it next after this Sports Interrupted. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan, the radio.com app, and 1080thefan.com. Presented by Buster's Barbecue. Klamath County District Attorney Eve Costello laid down the laws for collecting deer and elk that have been struck by vehicles. So if you're looking uh, for the rules of the road, kill. They're now uh, laid out in simple terms for you. Will, do you want to hear uh, what you need to do if you want to salvage roadkill? Sure. So first, you must observe the deer or elk being killed by a car and it has to be unintentional. Animals with antlers uh, removed are unable to be relocated. Uh, if you intentionally kill it, you will be subject to poaching laws. But if you do pick up one of these, you must file the paperwork for picking up roadkill and taking home to eat within 24 hours. You must take the head of the deer within to the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife within five days, or you can call ahead for an appointment and schedule that out uh, further if you need to. Um, and then, of course, uh, eating roadkill is at your own risk. Gross. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, roadkill, we move on to uh, a career that's going the wrong direction. Is that a good segue? That's a slam. Hey, Uh, so Antonio Brown uh, did not have a great week. Uh, No. (laughs) Yeah. Good way to put it. I think so. I think that's a fair way to put it. So um, he was uh, he was accused of a battery uh, for beating up. A moving truck driver who apparently didn't do a great job. 
No, uh, basically Brown owed him four grand and he wouldn't pay. So he took a rock and threw it at his truck and then his trainer, Glenn Holt, assaulted him. And then he got arrested like I think a day later. And so, then A.B. went out on the lamb. And- yeah, so they, they put out an arrest warrant for Antonio Brown. He locked himself in his home. And uh, then he eventually turned himself in. And he showed up wearing a tuxedo that he wore to the NFL honors in 2018. So it's a very peculiar scene. It was a very bright tuxedo coat over a track suit jacket. Yes, that's exactly what it was. But you also, because he wore it to an NFL event, the NFL honors in 2018, you could see the side-by-side pictures of him just going, all right, uh, I don't have anything to wear to turn myself into jail. Oh, yeah. I have this suit still in my closet and people put the side by side of kind of just his expression, his hair is, I don't know, everything. You can kind of see how far things have fallen in the last two years. So the judge also ordered him um, basically, Hey, I'm going to take your passport. Um, I'm also going to hold on one second. Was he wearing a weight vest in the uh, hearing? Uh, Yes, he was. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take your passport. I also don't want you to leave the state or the city. By the way, you need to get off of social media. One day later, he posted uh, himself singing to a music video. Um, But it's like professionally filmed, and he's wearing a Raiders jersey. His Raiders jersey? Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm genuinely confused, and I'm going to throw the theory out. I know you hate it, but I, I think there's some validity to it. Tell me where you're, where you're uh, corroborating your uh, belief in this story. Uh, what was it, from the Bro Post? or Bro Bible. Bro Bible? The Bro Bible put out this story. Will's all in on it. Uh, but it is, it is generally accepted by a lot of other outlets. Okay. 2016, so. Vontez Perfect destroys Antonio Brown in a, um, you know, it was like a blindside over the middle hit. Hit on the head. Brown looks like he's out cold. He pretty much was. Yeah. After that period of time, that's when everything started to really, really get bad. It wasn't like the stupid, oh, hey, I'm going to go live on IG from the locker room. Who cares about that? Oh, it's not the little mischief kind of stuff he had in college. Who cares about that? It was the... (laughs) Well, anybody that's trying to prove this theory doesn't care about that. Well, but... There's that, and then there's throwing a piece of furniture at a 14th floor building and almost hitting a kid. Yeah. There's also being accused of sexual assault by two of his separate trainers. There's also this. Yeah. There's also him acting erratically and not getting along with anyone to an extreme extent, not only on the Steelers, but on the Raiders and then the Patriots. I, I just feel like that hit did something to him. Everybody keeps saying, like, oh, no, it didn't. It's just all the money. No, dude. Like, I think this guy has mental, like, behavioral problems, and I think the hit exacerbated it. Yeah. Well, there's a, a story that I just pulled up because I, I know that a lot of outlets, like the Bro Bible, are saying the Vontez Perfect was it. So I just pulled up uh, a USA Today story. Uh, that talks to Larry Moss Jr., a f- the former stepfather, uh, and one of the quotes he has, he said, uh, "I'm not. I'm. I'm surprised it took them this long to figure it out because he's been this way since he's been 12 years old, like throwing furniture out of, like being abusive towards women, being a bad guy, at 12, getting." Pr- 
I'm just reading a quote from, and I, I'm sourcing the quote uh, from Larry, Larry Moss Burrow. Jr., a former stepfather. So if he's not surprised, listen, I don't know 12-year-old Antonio Brown. You don't know 12-year-old Antonio Brown. I might have. This guy thought he was a jerk. And a little bit of a a, a foreshadowing uh, moment for what has come to light recently. Antonio Brown's a hot mess. The hottest of messes. A couple good thoughts on the text line. Um, <laughs> does Antonio Brown make it into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> That's a good one. He's on pace for it, man. Yeah. yeah, dude, I'll tell you though, man. He was on. He was his what first nine years statistically the best first nine years ever. That's why longevity plays into it. But Did yeah. anybody else catch the ankle uh, bracelet with the Dumb and Dumber tuxedo? That is also a key point to the story. They did put an ankle bracelet on him. The uh, and also he'll be dead in five years, which I yeah. think there probably is a line in Vegas for that. I bet there is, I, right? I just read that one and I, yeah, but it's scary. I mean, it, I mean, you just saw the Delonte West video that came out this week and he's, he's had, uh, you know, uh, documented uh, mental health issues and you see him in, in an incoherent profanity laced video mm-hmm. that uh, apparently a cop shot because he was famous. Uh, and that officer's in a lot of trouble. But you watch that, and that's a, it's a really sad thing. A guy that had a, what, nine-year NBA career was a good player. And you look at it, and you go, man, that's a really tough fall from grace. But you tie in that mental health aspect of it, and it just it makes it really sad. And if somebody's, you know, making this prediction, I don't, I don't see why you would think that that's that far off with the kind of downward path that he's been on. Just hope it's not true because it sucks. You hope he can find he- the help that he needs to get on a path that leads him to somewhere because he's had every opportunity to make tons of money to get this fame. And, and I and, think that's where I think the sympathy it, ends. Well, I, but that is, but that, but that's where it makes it really tough for people is because you go, this guy had every opportunity. Yeah. No, he had every opportunity to be a great football player and be all this, but has anybody ever taken him in and go, Hey, what can we do to help yes. your mental health issues? Yes. And, Yes, I, I think people have at every single turn of his professional life. Sure. Maybe in college he got left behind, but, but I, I'm telling you, man, th- this guy, it's the same thing as Aaron Hernandez. At a certain point, your actions are up to you. I understand. And it, I get it that you do have some you know, mental health problems, but it's up to you to help yourself. The The problem that I will say with with people that have money is and fame is it also gives them the ability and you see it a lot in music and and actors it gives you a chance to separate yourself from the people that are trying to help you just as much as it helps bring those people in too so it yes it makes more awareness but i'm guessing the entourage i'm sorry who was it that threw the rock at the uh the truck this trainer yeah the trainer that he's with probably not the best guy to be hanging out with but those are the guys that will gravitate towards him and and hang out with him so you can put up all those barriers against the help that you want and, and a lot easier with money because people want to hang out with a dude with a lot of money. Another good question. More of a Hall of Famer, him or Eli? <laughs> yeah. AB has better stats. <laughs> Just saying. What? I'll take Eli. Um, all right. Good versus evil. We'll do it next. Center and Saint, 1080 the fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the what has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. 
Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Well, Susie, you should do what I did. I was going to be the number one draft pick at Cincinnati. I decided to go to the USFL. So I think Joe should go to the USFL <laughs> and play in Los Angeles and live on the beach. That's what I think he should do. That was 49ers cool guy and man who looks the best like a dad in a movie, Steve Young. A report in Pro Football Talk says that the Miami Dolphins, specifically old white guy that owns the football team, Stephen Ross, are interested in the LSU Heisman winner, Joe Burrow. The Dolphins do have three first-round picks in the upcoming draft, plus a couple second-round picks and a couple other future firsts. Uh, just to sum that up, they have a lot of picks. Yes. This might lead you to the conclusion that the Bengals would entertain an offer like that. Should they? Yeah, you need to get your team better. And I think if you're Joe Burrow, going to a team that has a ton of draft picks isn't a bad thing either. You'll be playing for a young, talented team, depending on what they can get rid of. But yeah, if you're the Dolphins, I would do it. If you're the Bengals, I would certainly listen to it. You're not going to get better by adding one player, even if it is future Hall of Famer Joe Burrow. You'll be in the same class as Ben. Since I've only been here, I'm biased when I say that the New York Giants are the greatest organization in the NFL and how they treat players, coaches, and personnel. The team's driving commitment to win football games. That was the only guy to be arrested for public intoxication at a Denny's without even drinking, Eli Manning. The New York Giants quarterback planned a press conference in which he announced his retirement from the NFL Friday. The first thought that came to every football player's fans after hearing the news was, is he drunk? (laughs) No, he's Eli Manning. He started 222 games in a row. He made the playoffs six times. He's seventh all-time in passing touchdowns. And, you know, he's got two Super Bowls. Does he? And MVPs, Super Bowl MVPs, too? Yeah. Does Eli Manning make the Hall of Fame? Yeah, he does. But uh, the one thing I will say about his press conference is it was vintage Eli Manning. It was boring. Really didn't say anything that really did anything. He was even trying to be funny, but he's reading it off a piece of paper. Eli Manning, it gets hurt, I think, more by just being completely boring and not being as entertaining as brother as anything else. But he was, he was really good for a really long time. Uh, and, yeah, maybe he wasn't always the best quarterback in the NFL, but... Dude, most people aren't. So, yes, he's very good. The Giants, I don't think, would have uh, gone back and uh, taken a different quarterback. Like Phil Rivers. Ben Roethlisberger, whatever. Given the opportunity, they're pretty happy with what they got from Eli. I think Philip Rivers would have made them not win the Super Bowls. <laughs> I'm serious. Yep, Roethlisberger in that same draft class. You could have taken him, too. But I don't think I don't think they would have traded Eli for anything. Uh, he brought them to two Super Bowls. Tom Brady had a nice little uh, tweet out to him. He goes, hey, congratulations on a great career career but to be quite honest i wish you did not win those super bowls because both of them of course against the patriots imagine if he didn't win those super bowl against the patriots how much we would hate tom brady and bill belichick so thank you for that eli one of the things that has happened you know for all these special teams coaches who you know i have great respect for mike westoff and all of these guys who over the years have said you got to keep the kickoff in the game and i i don't want to be a heretic here but my biggest question is why that was a man that lives in an old TV box, Peter King, 
In its ever-expanding quest to make the most money of anybody or anything ever to live, the NFL is borrowing a rule change for Luke's favorite failed league, the AAF. <laughs> During tomorrow's Pro Bowl, teams will be given the option of a 4th and 15 play from one's own 25 instead of an attempt for an onside kick. Will this make the game more entertaining? I looked at the numbers on this recently where it was comparing the amount of successful onside kicks when you had the running start versus the standing start. So, of course, when they changed the... the it's r- nothing. It's like 10%. It's like barely anything. You used to, it used to be when the running start, it was uh, close to 20. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, and it's it's like six percent. It's it's really really difficult to do it, so, which makes it a very boring play. And when you get to the end of the game, of course, you want to have an opportunity to go. So if they can figure out what down and distance is equivalent uh, success rate, then I think I think you do that. And it, it's funny. I had a soccer conversation with an Aussie uh, last summer. And he was saying how they've made like two rule changes to soccer in the last 130 years. We have six every offseason in the NFL. Uh, so it's part of the game, man. Just keep changing the rules till you get it right and then change them again and then change it back because you got it wrong when you changed them the last time. It's part of the game now. Make money. Uh, listen, it, it's not losing any popularity. Favorite story of the week comes from Nevada where a woman was sentenced for killing that she blamed on spirits. That sounds reasonable. A Nevada woman who said she shot a gun at spirits who attacked her roommate was sentenced to prison for, well, the roommate's death. Okay. Kihana Hawkins, who's 30, was sentenced to 11 to 28 years in Nevada prison. Hawkins was evaluated and found competent to stand trial in June before she pleaded guilty to a charge of murder and entered a plea agreement. Wait, what's a plea agreement? What did she? She made an agreement with the spirits. What don't you understand about this? <laughs> Is it to take the 11 to 28 years or whatever you said there? Hawkins told police spirits appeared in the room with Smith, including one that came out of his body. She compared the experience to being, quote, in a virtual reality video game. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Yes. Put okay, her, lock her up. But apparently she's not insane. Drugs okay, definitely drugs? had to be on PCP, yeah, okay. right? PCP. That's what I was trying to figure out yeah. which which drug. For sure PCP. Cool. There's right. no other way because one, she's violent. Yep. And two, she's seeing things. It's not acid because otherwise she'd just kind of be like laying on the ground. And yeah, she wouldn't asleep. be able to make the attempt. She she would shoot the person in a hallucinogenic state, but not actually do it. She would just be there, kind of immobile. It would be in her mind. Yeah, and then she'd wake up and go, "Oh my god, thank God you're not dead." What do you mean? Oh, I saw spirits, and then I thought that I was shooting them with rainbow arrows or whatever. So, all right, cool, PCP. How do we get to the bottom of that? So uh, here's a perfectly appropriate time for our uh, weekly warning. Hey, kids, don't do PCP. Nice job, man. Yeah. All right, that's our Good versus Evil. It's brought to you by 808 Hawaiian Restaurant. If you're looking for Big Island flavor, that is your place to go. 2454 East Burnside or 52nd. And Woodstock, I've got a list of the Super Bowl's best to worst. Let's see if you can guess what the worst Super Bowl of all time was. Somebody else predicted bath salts, by the way, on the text line. Ooh, could have been bath salts, but bath salts, isn't that like uh, where you chew your own face off or do you chew other people's? No, that's a Florida thing. You chew other people's faces off. I don't think that's the primary thing, though I do know that when you're on PCP, you're more likely to get naked for some reason. 
Ooh, there you go. You get hot. PCP feels like a Vegas drug. Bath salt seems like Florida. Mm. Could be wrong about that, but mm. this is just me. Just me spitballing. I'm not deep into the drug culture, but just spitballing. <laughs> I'm just speculating over here. Just, just <laughs> wildly speculating about. I don't know. I, uh, I haven't been around either in either state, but I, I was in Nevada. It just kind of feels that way. It definitely feels. It's one of those things where it comes from the gut. And then uh, PCP, uh, you call it angel dust or uh, PCP if you're doing it. I germ. Think the germ. That's what you had. <laughs> the germ. All right. Uh, next hour, Super Bowls. Ranked best to worst. See if you can guess the best and the worst Super Bowls. You can send those into the fan text on 55305 right now. And then we got to get some basketball talk. We talked a little Zion Williamson in one of those breaks, but uh, that guy's good at basketball. Also, Kawhi Leonard accomplished a first that seems like he should have already done it. We'll talk about all that. Hour two, Center Saint coming up next, right here on 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.